All right, here we go. Salute to NBA Nation on this Wednesday afternoon. Another edition of the NBA Report, man. CP the Franchise, Alex Charles, our guy Andrew Salop, the one-two combo on his regular weekly spot. On today's episode, it's all NBA in-season tournament, man. The final four is set. We're going to recap all four of the games, the two East and two West games, and get you ready for the semifinal action. Vegas is heating up. This Thursday, all roads lead to Las Vegas, man. The in-season tournament, which a lot of fans were trashing, has become the hottest thing in sports. So let's talk about it. Hit the like button, hit the share button, and subscribe to the channel. Another edition of the NBA Report, man. Let's let's get it going. All right, let's go. Salute, fellas. How are we feeling today, man? Wednesday? Feeling good, feeling good. good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. All right, let, let's let's get right into this thing because last night you had uh one you know horrendous blowout, but one really exciting game. And then we got to go to LA first, man. Lakers hosting the Suns, LeBron and Katie. You know, we we yes, they they've gone head to head, and yes, they they played each other in the finals, but you know, it, it it's really been a while since we've seen these two head to head where both of their teams were kind of neck and neck. And it's not like one guy's team is just like head and shoulders better than the rest. So you finally get to see like another battle between LeBron and KD, man. And and going into this fourth quarter, it was just great to watch both of these guys going head to head and just going at it. Two of the greats of our game. Uh, Lakers will ultimately end up pulling ahead 106 to 103, man. But you have LeBron James, 39 points. I mean, 39 years old next week with 31, 11 and eight. Almost drops a triple-double. 40 minutes, leading all players in minutes. And was the best player on the floor, uh, despite Kevin Durant's 31-7-4 and himself. Uh, this this was a classic between two greats with the Lakers just just uh, edging them out, man. Al, what was, what was your reaction to this one? Man, this is what we want to see. You want to see the superstars just duke it out, right? I mean, this is just an iconic battle between Katie LeBron I mean going back to their Cavs and Warriors days their heat and OKC days you get all you get all this all in one and it's just this is like I don't know how, how any other way to put it man it's just you get both of these guys going off LeBron 31 points 11 assists eight boards five steals man as you said he's turning 39 next week and he is doing this playing 40 minutes what and then you have Katie on the other side 31 points, seven boards, four assists. And look, both of them were galvanizing their teams to stay in this battle, right? I mean, either way, you're going to be happy with if either one of these teams win because you get your superstar going on to the next round, one of the faces of the league. At the end of the day, man, it just came out to who's going to have, like, it came down to the possession battle because both these teams are just so highly powered with, you have Booker and KD on one side, you got AD and KD on, you got got AD and LeBron on one side, you got KD and you got Booker on the other side. But it's really about the other guys, man, that that showed up in these games. And I'm looking at uh, Grayson Allen that showed up for the Suns. And I'm also looking at Austin Reeves off the bench, which has just been a revelation, man. And those two guys, those are the other, those are the unsung heroes of last night's game, why it was so close. So it was a great battle overall, though. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Likewise, man. And Andrew, man, I mean, just just watching LeBron James in that fourth quarter was just absolutely surgical. Picking apart that Suns defense, you know, hunting the mismatches, one to two steps ahead. 
I mean, Yusuf Nurkic was food. I feel bad for Nurkic, man, because I'm getting flashbacks to the first game uh, or the second game of the season between these these two teams. And it was the same thing, man. Just LeBron looking for Yusuf Nurkic on every play and abusing him on the screen and rolls with, with, with he and Anthony Davis in the two-man game. I mean, LeBron was just surgical in that fourth quarter, bro. LeBron James, man. If I could take one player, even though he's 39 years old, to play against the aliens, I think it would still be LeBron. I think Jokic is right there, but just one game, one game, I still might go with LeBron. The guy's mm-hmm. improved as a shooter since last season. He's anchoring the defense from behind. I think, how many steals did he have yesterday? He had five, five. steals. Wow. Five steals. Just incredible. I mean, they pulled out a win with AD missing some bunnies, even though his stat line looked pretty good. Uh, this team is just phenomenal. And yeah, he was targeting he was targeting Nurkic. I think Nurkic is definitely a guy that's going to get exposed in yeah. the playoffs. Um, their team, I mean, I don't think it's for me, it's not championship or bust for the Suns because I don't think they have a chance this year. I think they have to mm. get everybody healthy, develop chemistry, and if chemistry. they can keep it keep it all together, I think they'll be legit, legit title contenders yeah. next year. But this game was just phenomenal. And another reason why I would take LeBron James. Versus the aliens is because he could call timeout when his team doesn't have the ball. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 We got to get to that, man. Let, let's let's go to the play. Let's go <laughs> to this play because I'm watching this on my couch last night. I said, I cannot believe what I just saw. I cannot believe what I just saw. You had uh, you, you had a scram for the ball between Austin Reeves and I think it was Katie and somebody else on the Suns after the Suns had just scored. Now, Suns are still in this thing. The ball becomes loose, and all of a sudden, a timeout is called, and they call timeout for the Lakers. And and you hear the commentators like, LeBron James called timeout. LeBron James called timeout. Well, let's take a look at the replay. You look at the replay, and the ball is clearly loose while LeBron James is calling timeout in front of the referees that are watching the ball clearly have no possession. And I'm looking at, I'm on the catch. I said, boy, oh boy, they're not even concealing the fact that the fix is in to get LeBron James and the Lakers to Vegas. By hella high water, this is what the Knicks, the, the, the league needs. You go to Summer League any year, Lakers have always got the number one fans in there. They want LeBron and the Lakers in this thing. And that was like the craziest, one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. Um, um, unreal, Al. Unreal. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's definitely unreal. And, I, and to me, man, like I'm looking at this game and I'm just like, what? How do you even make this mistake? It's reminding me of like those the Chris Webber days where you're trying to call a timeout. It's like, bro, you don't have a timeout. Yeah. Or it's like when Draymond did it against Toronto. It's like you're trying to call a timeout. You don't have timeout. Like, where's the where's the where's the awareness of everything going on, man? That's the that's what that's what I'm wondering. And to have this mistake, it's just so brutal because you're giving an edge to the Lakers, right? And you want to make it seem that. Oh, this is a fair matchup. Everyone has a fair shot to win these games. But then when you see something like this, you're like, well, it goes, it goes to, it's like, even when you watch a football game, right? I forget which game it was this season. And you're like, are you just helping like the the major market team over here? Yeah. That's going to win. And then you're going to prop them up. And all the thoughts is going to be like, oh, we got to add the other notch to LeBron's belt. Oh, let's think about the fan base. Who's going to get, who's going to get the most views and all that type of stuff. I mean, you can go to YouTube right now, CP and Andrew, you can go to YouTube right now. You can go through all the highlights. Yeah. 13 hours after that, this game's done. You have a million views for Katie and LeBron James going at it on YouTube. So it's like the NBA is looking at that. Like, Oh yeah. Adam Silver's just, you know, playing with his finger like this. Like, yes, Unreal. we got this. We got everything we needed right now. 
Yeah. And you know, LeBron, he's going to be the guy that's going to be the governor of this Vegas team coming in, right? Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. So it all comes together. He definitely wants to hold up that trophy in Vegas. Yeah, no question about it. So that that was just hilarious. But overall, uh, look, Lakers look pretty tough. I mean, fourth in the West right now. Uh, LeBron James still very much so uh, the, the straw that stirs that whole drink, man. Again, you just watch him in the fourth quarter. Like, they need him. He is their guy at 39 years old. He is still everything runs through LeBron James, man, at the end of the day. Uh, but their defense, I thought their defense in the fourth quarter uh, was really picked it up. I like the way that they can put a lot of size out there and a lot of height and, and length. When you have Austin Reeves, you have LeBron, you have Cam Reddish, who's now playing a pivotal role for them at the wing. Jared Vanderbilt is back. You have AD. I mean, that was one of the lineups. That was their clutch fourth quarter lineup right there. They didn't even go traditional point guard. It was Braun. It was Reeves. It was it was Cam. It was uh, Vanderbilt and and AD. I mean, nobody's shorter than what is Austin Reeves six five. Nobody's shorter than that. I like that. I like how they can put that out there. And defensively, you have Cam, Vanderbilt, and AD. A lot of wingspan. A lot of switchability. A lot of versatility there. Athletic. Don't forget my guy Rui. <laughs> Oh, Ru yeah, Rui was balling out there, too. Rui was definitely balling out there as well, man. So, um, yeah, just, just overall, I, I like how this Lakers uh, Lakers unit is, is coming together, man. That's very fair, because if you just look at this roster and you look at the stats, these guys are all, for the most part, rotational playoff players. I know Max Christie is young, but the rest of the guys could give you productive playoff minutes at the least. And this team's depth is probably a little bit underrated. At the end of the day, LeBron's going to be LeBron in the playoffs if – in all health, right? AD got to be that guy, though. AD got to yeah. step up. He can't miss bunnies um, in important playoff games. This has that playoff atmosphere. You need AD to be that top guy for them to win it all. But, yeah, their depth is definitely underrated. Yeah. yeah you, have a you have AD missing shots, 10 to 26 from the field last night. You need him to play a little bit better than that. Thankfully, he was able to get to the line and, and knock down seven of his free throws. But I got to ask you guys about this question because mm – -hmm. As close as this game was, I'm thinking to myself, if you just had Bradley Beal on the Phoenix Suns, and, and Andrew, I know to your point, like, it's not this season, it's next season because they got a gel and Beal's missing too much time, but they had Bradley Beal, man. That's like, how are you stopping that team? Because that's a lethal shooter. And like, you think, especially the way Devin Booker is able to get downhill, you got to guard, you can't allow Booker to get an easy shot around the rim. But if you have Beal out there as a guy that you can kick out to in the corner, that's an, that's an automatic three almost. So it's like, to me, I'm looking at this like the Lakers, as good as they look, they're lucky that Bradley Beal wasn't out there. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, I think like Andrew said, it's going to take some time before we re we really know. We don't really know who this Suns team is. Yeah, because he's not healthy. I mean, KD almost went down last night. It was he took a little couple scary uh, drops last night. Devin Booker has been in and out with injury. The Beal back injury is is a big question mark. So we we just we don't even know what this team is. Uh, but like you said, Al, you swap out, uh, you know, uh, an Allen or one of those other role plays for a Bradley Beal. You have a more, much more reliable player. Talk about Eric Gordon, man. Yeah, that swap out Eric Gordon. That this is all different. That starting lineup is ridiculous. Different. It's different. It's different. And and putting board Gordon on the bench certainly helps their bench. So it's all different. I don't think they're strong enough defensively. They got a couple of strong defenders on on the on the wing, like a Koji for sure. He's he's certainly their specialist. I don't like Jurkic there at the five. They need some some more big man depth uh, to to address their rim protection. I think they'll be weak there. But it's gonna be a while before we really know who this team is.
Yeah, I mean, chemistry is a superpower in the NBA, and I will say Devin Booker and Kevin Durant have been fitting in really nicely, but there is a redundancy in skill set when you do look at Bradley Beal, Booker, and Katie. Katie happens to be seven feet with that skill set. That yeah. makes him a Hall of Famer, but I do think chemistry matters even more with them than maybe some of the other teams, especially because this team just came together with their top three guys this season. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that like button, hit the share button, subscribe to the channel. All right. We went from the Lakers. Let's go to the other team the league probably wanted in this thing, the Boston Celtics. Uh, but they would have to go through <laughs> the Indiana Pacers to get to Vegas, and that they could not do, man. Pacers win 122 to 112 in a raucous stadium. Fieldhouse, whatever their fieldhouse name is. I don't even know. I hate the Pacers. But, you know, that place was rocking. What is it? Conseco Fieldhouse? I don't know. Invesco Fieldhouse, whatever the place is. That place was rocking. <laughs> they got they, Gamebridge, they, CP. They, the Gamebridge. Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Back in our day, it was Market Square Arena, Al. That was before your time. That was back when the Knicks and the Pacers. Right, when you used to watch Bob Cousy play. Yeah, yeah. Market oh. Square Arena. That was such a copy off of Madison Square Garden. But anyway, um. Pacers, Halliburton, they, they they come out of the second half down by eight, and they just open up a can of whoop ass in the third quarter. Third quarter, 37 points they out they score uh to the Celtics 23. And we're going to the fourth with an 11 point lead. And that's when this thing got very, very fun and interesting, man. This thing had so many lead changes, seven ties in the fourth quarter. But it was Halliburton um, just being electric, man. So super dynamic. 16 points in the second half, including a crazy four-point play in which he heaved up a three-pointer over Jalen Brown and miraculously got it in. After that, he had Aaron Neesmith with, with a signature slam that just blew the roof off of the place. Buddy Heal with a big three-pointer. And the Pacers ran away with this one, man. 122 to 112. I think, you know, a couple things that impressed me in this one, I mean, first of all, it's Hal Burton's first triple double. I had to listen twice when I heard it on the telecast because it's like, damn, a dude like that is leading the league in assists, mm -hmm. a maestro like that who can get you some boards. It's it's funny that that was his first career triple double, um, you know, being in the league for for three, four years. So that was interesting. I also what I also thought was interesting was that the Pacers, and you know, as much as we rag on their defense, twenty eighth in the league. They got the stops they needed in the end, right? Like they were able to grind it out and get this thing out the mud in a lower scoring game compared to what they're used to and what the Celtics are used to. So I thought those two things were, were certainly interesting. And then um, third, it's just their want to, to win this thing. They want to win this thing. Halliburton has, has been after it. He says he's tired of losing. They really want this experience to help transform their season. And so far, look, it's looking like it is. For sure. And I know Andrew's happy because this keeps this keeps his uh, mantra of the Bucks being better than the Boston Celtics <laughs> in the East and, and championship favorites. I know he was excited. He was like, ooh, <laughs> here we go. My agenda's lasting. Yeah. But, <laughs> look, the, the one, I, I told you guys, you know, I, was, I did go 100% on my board, but I did say this was the upset. And the big thing for me, man, was KP being out. You just saw they have no rim protection the back of which is al horford and luke Cornett. i mean there were moments in the game where you're saying oh maybe they could get this job done but the fact that you still have jason tatum and you have uh jalen brown on that side and you can't even defeat one star one star on the indiana pacers you have two 
These are two guys. You have one who's considered to be a top five player in the league right now. And you have another guy who's definitely top 10, top 15, whatever you want to place Jalen Brown, uh, even top 20. But the fact that it's only Tyrese Halliburton, mostly role players, and he gets the job done. Okay. CP 19 points in the second half. Tyrese Halliburton's like, you know, you're not stopping me. You're not stopping me today. We're going all when I saw him get the four point play on Jalen Brown, I was like, Oh, he's getting the whistle. He's getting the whistle. Let's that, go. That, that was that was that's an MVP caliber performance right there. But, the, we, but we the gotta thing, start having that conversation, man. For sure. And I see people don't want to have that conversation, but you gotta have like and I see the whole conversation. Well, he hasn't made a playoffs yet. He hasn't it's a regular season award. He's hooping, he is balling out. This is MVP type caliber play because he is he's the engine to what they do. You know, like if you, if he's making this team competitive the way they are, they're top six. Yeah. That's isn't that like your best player? That's that's what you consider like an MVP type player. But I think the big thing to, for me in this game was the role players. Like you have Buddy Heal, Aaron Naismith, like just balling out. And Aaron Naismith, I I love his I love this game. He was getting some tough layups, and he wanted to tell remind the Celtics, yo, you drafted me, and you gave up on yeah. me. Step and look step. at me now, look step. at me now. I step love it big time, man. Al, you're totally right. Tyrese Halburn playing at an MVP level. Been high at him since Iowa State. I thought a lot of teams shouldn't have passed on him. We won't get too we won't get too into that right now, guys. We won't get too into that right now. <laughs> CP, you're totally right. The defense was better. You're right about that, CP. But let's yeah. keep the agenda going, Alex. Yeah. Jason, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Mm. Especially Tatum. Mm. This is a peek into the playoffs. And he could not generate Great looks the way Tyrese Halliburton was able to. And then I'm looking at the Bucks. not to fast forward too much. When you got guys like Giannis, when you got guys like Dame Lillard, I just believe in those guys more in playoff situations, yeah. in end of shot clock situations, in end yeah. of game situations, more than Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Tatum dropped the ball on this one. Jalen Tatum dropped the ball. Yeah. I, I yeah. agree with you 100%, Andrew, because hey, you know what's funny is that I have, because uh, my wife was, Born and raised in Boston. I had some of the family members over. I was like, oof. I was like, upset alert. I'm like, they're not getting this done. And, <laughs> and, and her family members was like, what are you talking about? They're like, I'm here. I'm going to help. I'm watching the TV now. I'm like, they, they're, they're getting smoked. I'm like, Tatum's not that dude. I'm like, watch this. I'm like, how are you, how are you so talented, but soft at the same time? And I'm going to put that out there, man, because. Al, you're not Al. I talk to people around the NBA. You're not the only one that says that. You are not like, the only one who says that. This is just insane. Like you are supposed to be for a guy who's considered top five. I'm expecting you to like really. He wants to be. Uh, the thing is, like he he tributes himself to Kobe so much. He loves Kobe so much. But it's like that dog, that wiring that Kobe has is just not there. Not like there super yet. talented. Yeah. But it's like just falling short, man. I mean, you saw it in the finals two years ago. It was Jalen Brown that stood up last season in the playoffs. He had his moments, but it's like. It's just constantly falling fall short, man. Let me add, like, some players in the NBA, I don't want to bag on Tatum, but this is a little bit about Tatum. They're, like, in their skill development bag, and they're not really reading the game of basketball. Like, let me just get in my bag, do my, like, do what I do. But they're not, like, reading the game and trying to generate the best looks possible yeah. in real game situations. Obviously, Tatum is a great player. We all know that. But he got that, For like, sure. skill skill development lab thing going on that mm. he's not really reading it like a Halliburton, like a Luka, like a LeBron, like a Jokic. And Bradley Beal is kind of of the Tatum, you know, bag work type of thing. These guys 
sometimes rely on the bag work instead yeah. of let's get the best shot possible. Two state, yeah, that's fair. That That's certainly fair. You know, with the Pacers defense, uh, again, the question is going to be because they have the offense to get to the playoffs. Obviously, this was a one-game elimination. Everything fell right for them, and, and they took advantage of it. They ran them out the gym down the stretch. But in a playoff series, I think that's the next question. Is like, are they going to be able to get enough stops to potentially win a playoff round or more than a couple of games? And then offensively, when teams try to slow the pace down like the pace, like this Celtics did the uh, Monday night. They did try to slow them down. Can they get enough going in the half court to win a series? I, I think that's going to be the biggest question with them going forward, man. Like, is that are the two extremes? Can that work and get the meaningful wins in, in the in in April? Yeah. For who the Pacers? Pacers. Yeah, like I don't know. I mean, this is kind of a glimpse of it, right? Like. I know it's the Celtics without KP and KP changes that entire thing mm-hmm. drastically, mm-hmm. but, and I asked that same question too, CP, but after that performance over the Celtics, I mean, it's just Halliburton versus it's really Halliburton versus Tatum and Brown and CP, as you noted earlier in the season, they have probably the best defensive backcourt in the NBA and, and Halliburton still got the job done the triple double. Like, Got the job done, man. At this point, I'm like, I have to start being a believer saying yeah. this high-powered offense is, is working and, and legit and that maybe they're okay without the defense. The, I mean, the, the good thing is, and I know we're going to preview it later, we'll get a better glimpse against the Bucks. So I yeah. think that's going to be, that'll be more, yeah. that'll be yeah. much more of an understanding where the Pacers at on the season. And I think the thing I, 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 I was thinking about this last night, guys, is that even though this in-season tournament is a one-game elimination, this is a very nice glimpse of what where teams stand in the league if you're thinking yeah. about playoffs, right? Yeah. yeah. And for this type of atmosphere, for the Pacers, you got to be happy. It's like, we don't even have a second star yet. We're good. But if you're the Celtics on the flip side, if you don't have KP in April, That's in a big May, loss. Big it, loss. You are possibly done in like a first-round scenario, depending on who the matchup is. It's a big loss and a big possibility. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we talked about the Lakers' depth. The Celtics don't definitely don't have that type of depth. They can't lose any of their top six. Can't lose it and win a championship. It's not going to happen. Can't lose them. Can't lose yeah. them. You know they they have some fire. You know Hauser has some firepower, and and Pritchard can give them a spark, but they don't have it. They they need Neesmith. But um, yeah, right. yeah so that that, that was <laughs> right. Last thing, yeah. last thing I gotta say. Yeah. Did you see Neesmith? Yeah. Do the too little to Derek White? I was like, I did, wow, I did, I this did. Guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I like his edge, man. I like the way the paces are playing, and and well deserved trip to to Vegas. I mean, for the casual fans that the NBA is trying to push this thing to, paces are there, man. Paces are there, and you got a young star in Halliburton on the main stage. I think that's that's another win for the league because it's a mix, right? You have your younger guard, you have your older guard. So I think that's a good balance, man. Um, next game. Let's talk about the Kings and the Pelicans. Uh, Pelicans coming into this thing, into Sacramento, beating the Kings already twice this season. And you know what? Even though the Kings, Kings shot out to a 32 to 17 lead in this one, but Pelicans kept chipping away, man. Brandon Ingram was sensational in this game. They got a big contribution from CJ McCollum, Herb Jones with, uh, I think Herb Jones had about 23 points in this one. So he had an, he had a solid game as well for them. 
And then they got some, you know, some chippy, scrappy effort from their bench. Grand Theft Alvarado doing what he does best, man. Like, you know, uh, Trey Murphy, Trey Murphy coming back. Welcome back, Trey Murphy. He was big for them as, as well. And the Pelicans win 127 to 116. Pelicans win. They beat the Kings now three times in the regular season. And despite a terrible effort from Zion, he he looked like a slob out there. Um <laughs> Brandon, yeah, it's just bad. Like, I don't know. Everybody clamoring for Zion in a trade, man. Like, that's a big mistake. That's a huge mistake. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> I digress. To the game, uh, Andrew, what would you think about this one, man? Pelicans win 127-117. Yeah, with Zion, I do think, you know, some of that was the what the Kings were doing with Zion defensively. Like, I think yeah. they put a good amount of pressure on him because he has been playing better. We've been seeing point Zion. But to your point, he could get better in better shape. And what Brandon Ingram was able to do at the end of this game that we talked about his Duke counterpart, Jason Tatum, wasn't able to do was, you know, generate really good looks and just take over and pick this team apart. Um, you know, he had a tough summer. He had even a tough beginning of this regular season. But yeah. it was good to see him pick them apart at the end. And as you said, the Kings just haven't been able to deal with the Pelicans all season for some reason, even though De'Aaron Fox has been looking like an MVP at times. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm a Halliburton over Fox guy, but... I can't deny he's been looking great. Whenever I say Halliburton over Fox, the Kings fans go at me, and that's a whole other story <laughs> for another day. They don't like the idea of that. But, um, yeah, great win for the Pelicans, and I think they're trending in the right direction. We'll see how it goes moving forward. For this, I, I thought the Kings were going to do much more. I thought that, you know, at some point, you got to be able to beat them. They beat you twice. But, man, when yeah. at, at, to Andrew's point, like, you have Ingram just choose where he wants to be and get into mm -hmm. those spots. Yeah. But the thing that really concerned me in this game is I'm looking at the center position. I, I go back to the Sabonis thing, like how far can this thing take you? I mean, they got out rebounded guys, 42 to 38. I know it's not a big thing, but those margins, if you're the Sacramento Kings and you're worrying about that team's defense, which to, to me is still a concern. Like I look at, I, I look at Sabonis. I'm like, how far can you get with him being the center of this team? Because He's undersized, great facilitator, uh, had a solid job scoring, but battling Valanchunas, you know, even though he got 13 boards to Valanchunas' 11, it was like the timeliness of the boards that just matter, I'm, like I'm, being able to box out and use his strength. And I'm like, this is where, if you're the Kings moving forward, this is, this is, this was the issue that the, the Pacers had with Sabonis, man. It's like, all right, he's good. All-star quality level player. But there's a ceiling like you just see the ceiling and it's like not really a power forward, more of a center and what you need out of him. But moving forward, that that's just going to be my thing because they got everything else, man. They just need yeah. someone to anchor that defense. But it's tough because what he gives you for that offense is just so it's Jokic white, right? He just he can facilitate. He got 10 assists that game. Yeah, he's, he's a big proponent of what they do. Uh, I think they're going to be stuck. They're going to be capped with him it's a similar situation with the Nixon Randall, right? Like good players, but not good enough to take them to where they need to be. And they have great point guard and they have pieces, pieces off the bench. You know, you, you got your monk IQ similarities, but like they're too soft. They don't provide any rim protection. <laughs> the Sabonis is horrendous defensively. Um, they need a power forward. You know, the Barnes experiment, they brought Barnes back. He's all right. He's a serviceable player. Uh, but he's got he scores four points in, in that game, like not enough out of that position. Keegan Murray, 
hey, we'll see what happens as, as he comes along. But not he's just not at the level of what they need to really make noise in the West. Like, I, I just don't think that they're there yet. And there's too many question marks, especially with their interior defense. It's just not there. And I don't think they'll ever be good. And and that's the thing where it's like with Mike Brown. No, Mike Brown didn't forget how to, how to coach defense. They just don't have the horses, you know, especially in the front court. They just don't have the horses and they're in a spot right now that I think the paces are ultimately going to be in a spot. And like, remember last year, Sacramento was kind of like last year's Pacers. Yes. So, you know yes. I mean? Or the Pacers were last year's Sacramento, right? Yeah. One offense in the league. Shit was humming. Boom, boom, boom. But defensively now it's question marks because as much as you're going to want to get into a track meet, you still got to cover. You still got to cover in transition. You don't want to get caught out there on cross matches and mismatches and transition. Like they're gonna, they're in that same spot, and I think the Pacers are gonna are are gonna be in that in that same category where they're trying to find that balance between their offense and getting good defense and setting good defensive principles to make sure that you know on an off night they can still sustain. I just you know Sacramento is just in that spot right now. And, you know, Trey Murphy, the third being back is huge for them. He's a guy who can hit the three, play defense. And what makes him a little bit different than the typical three and D guy, he's an elite athlete. Like we've seen him in dunk contests, right? Um, He'll get, he'll get shots up in the modern NBA. That's so important. The ability to just get a whole bunch of threes up and shoot him at a decent clip. He could do that. That provides gravity for Zion and Brandon Ingram. Things are definitely trending in the right direction for them. Yeah. And, and having Herb Jones go off for the yes. Pelicans was like, Jones, that was huge Jones for them. Big yes. Herb Jones is a big one. So uh, they will head to Vegas. And now you got you got the LeBron Zion matchup out West. So um, we'll, we'll wrap up the quarterfinal action in Milwaukee. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's still raining threes. Uh, do you have your umbrella, Alex? It is still raining three pointers in Milwaukee, <sighs> in the cream city. It, it's still raining right now uh, because the Milwaukee Bucks just annihilated the New York Knicks last night in a three-point barrage, man. 146 to 122. Bucks beat the Knicks. They outscore the Knicks by 48 from downtown. You had 35, 10 assists for Giannis, eight rebounds. Dame time with 28, seven assists for the Knicks. This might have been the best game I've ever seen Julius Randle play. Uh, 41 for Julius Six rebounds, five assists on 14 and 19 shooting. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better night from him. Uh, he just didn't have much other help. You know, I mean, actually, honestly, they scored more than enough to win the game. They scored 122 to win the game. What I mean is they didn't have help. Is they didn't have help defensively, and they didn't have help in terms of matching the firepower that the Bucks were coming with. He just – you couldn't meet that level, and that was my concern with this game was that could the Knicks meet the talent level – and 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 do you know match what Giannis and Dame did for their team last night, and they they just couldn't do it. You you know, CP, you asked if uh if I had my umbrella out. Did you unpack your bags because I know you were excited about the potential of going out to Vegas? I'm still leaving it at the at the door, still holding out hope, man. Still holding out hope. <laughs> rule, rule change or something. I'm, I'm still holding out hope, man. You know, you know the tough thing about doing the NBA report and KFTV CP is that we have to discuss the down games. The next day after, which is yeah, it, it's yeah. rough, but going back and you look at what the Bucks did, I mean, they shot sixty percent from downtown. I mean, there's the probability of them shooting even better from three after the first game. You you could yeah they outscored by thirty in the first game and now forty eight in the second game. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I'm no mathematician, but statistically, uh, it, 
that's the probability is very low for that to happen. But look, this is where you see you, when you have Giannis and you have Dame, then you, it's just tough to keep up, man. I mean, Dame got activated when he needed to. Giannis got activated when he needed to. And then at the end of the day, you know, we talk about the firepower. Knicks just needed their role players, and the Bucks' role players all showed up. Everybody, Beasley, AJ Green, everybody. And when you have that, and you see the potential of what the Milwaukee Bucks can be when you get to the playoffs, and you get, you know, these type of performances, even if it's a 40% shooting spree from three, they are unstoppable. I mean, forget defense. And this is where Andrew's agenda still lives. It's like, oh, defense. If you just have a middle-of-the-road defense, you have a high-powered offense, you're okay. You're and okay. Listen, I'm starting to come around on that. And, and, that's and I'm starting to look at Andrew and I'm like, hmm. When Q maybe, came maybe on the show, is, that's why I picked the Bucks, man. You know, that, that's why I picked the Bucks when Q came on the show because the, with those two guys, like, you can afford to have off nights because those two guys can still take over. And yeah. the thing is, like, even if your role players have an off night, the probability of one of those guys having a true off night, and I mean like a true off night, like single digits, it's so rare. It's so you, at least one of them is capable of going off. Yeah. It, it, it's a talent gap at the end of the day, right? You got Damon Giannis. The defense wasn't bad against Giannis in the paint. Like, it wasn't yeah. terrible. It's just when things got out in transition, this guy is too big, too strong, too athletic. You know, he's an absolute difference maker. And then I really realized, like, I don't know if you remember the beginning of the game. It was kind of close. And I'm like, damn, Dame didn't even get off yet. Like, right. Dame's, Dame's right. about to come on. And the way Dame is so dangerous, the reason he's so dangerous is you could have the greatest defensive scheme, but he could just shoot right over it, right? He can kill shoot, it. Better shoot, offense. Shoot, shoot, shoot right over the defense. And then if you want to get gimmicky, start trapping him full court pressure, then you're going four and four with Giannis, right? Like, that's why I think this team is going to be a total conundrum when it comes to the playoffs. I will also say Chris Middleton is playing well, but he doesn't look close to 100% to me, the way he's moving. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's scarier for the Bucks or the rest of the league. Great question. Great question. And uh, and and hit the nail on the head in, in regards to the Bucks and how much, how they can kill you. I mean, I, you know, a lot of Knicks fans and, you know, the default response from Knicks fans after losses, it's always Tibbs' fault. It's always Tibbs' fault. But you, you watch this game, man. You can't cover everybody. Like, you got to take away, you got, you got to take away something, right? You got to take away something, right? You can't, unless you could play with seven guys on the court, maybe that would have helped you. But I mean, you know, you try to wall I don't off even know about that. He passes over the wall and finds an open guy. The open guy knocks down the shot. You try to put two on the ball with Dame. He finds Giannis on the short roll. He finds another guy in the corner for the three. Or if you try to cover that guy from the three, he's got an open lane to just dunk on your whole team. They're, they're dominant. That's what dominant players do. They put pressure on the defense, not the other way around. They put pressure on you. And you can't put that much pressure on them, man, because... They they they're just dominant, man. Like so for the Knicks, man. Look, I think they're fine. It was, it was disappointing. It was obviously I want to see them get to the get to Vegas and play Obi in the Pacers. I thought that would have been a great storyline. Obi and Julius. You have Halliburton and Brunson. Um, but they're fine. Look, they put up 122 points in this game. Are they? They they're not on the level as the as, as the Bucks and the Celtics. I think this is this is what we're seeing throughout the course of the season. They're just not there. Celtics without KP, I would say more so, yes, but yes, because yes. that there that's closer. But yeah. when we because the thing is, guys, like the issue is that the Knicks are so reliant on their their interior defense with Mitchell Robinson, and we've just seen it 
so much right now is that if it's Brooke Lopez who can shoot threes, it's KP who can shoot threes. Once you remove Mitchell Robinson, once you remove Isaiah Hartenstein outside of the paint, it's everything's open. It, it is fair game for everybody. And the fact that Mitch has to guard Brooke, like Giannis is like, oh, psh, like this is no disrespect to Randall. I thought Randall did a solid job doing his best to contain Giannis, but like at the end of the day, it's Giannis. He gets a full head of steam. He's got the he's got the wingspan. He's just easy layups. Easy, yeah. easy layups. As good as Mitch is for the Knicks, like they don't have a nobody has a defensive anchor like Brooke Lopez. He's just like a genius on that side of the floor. Yeah. Yeah, true, true story, man. So uh so the final four is set. You got Lakers, Pelicans, and you got Bucks and Pacers. And we're going to preview the semifinal matchup, man. But real quick, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit the like button, hit the share button, subscribe to the channel. Another edition of the NBA Report presented by prize picks prize picks daily fantasy made easy go to prizepicks.com or download the prize picks app and sign up using our code nbar for an instant deposit match of up to one hundred dollars and later on in the show we're going to get to our prize picks of the night but we got to recap monday's action al after you had a, a crazy uh a six pick win how did you do on Monday? Just go rapid fire through your picks and and uh, and let us know how you did on Monday. Ah oh, man, I needed two more and I would have had another perfect outing. I got Ooh. four out of six. All right, all right, four out of no, six. No, yeah, no, no money signs for me today, Cameron. No money signs <laughs> for me. No, no raining hundred dollar bills. I wish, bro. I wish. Close, but no cigar. Yeah. I could have had five if Brunson just hit two free throws. CP, uh, he just yeah. needed to hit two free throws. Yeah, Demontis Bonus got over his seven assists. Uh, Obi Toppin got more than 11 and a half points. Kevin Herter got more than six and a half three pointers. Yeah. And I had LeBron James getting more than 39 and a half points, rebounds, assists. I missed on Jalen Brunson getting more than 25 and a half points. And Jason Tatum on less than 20 and a half field goals attempted. He decided to say, you know what? I'll take more this time. Mm. I'll take more. Mm. Combo, how'd you do on uh, on Monday? Yo. I got. I had um yesterday. Let me talk about yesterday because okay, I went yeah, over because yeah, yeah, I only did a two picker. I went right, over right. on RJ Barrett, and then Prize yeah. Picks had a deal on Giannis for like twenty six. Nice. So I went over. Right. Shouts to RJ. He's been struggling a little bit, but yesterday he's he had some buckets, so he helped me win. Right. You, you know, we, we did it. We did well. Nice. We did well. Right. So you went two for two last night. Two you went two for two. For two, two. Last keep, night. Sometimes nice. you just got to keep it simple. You know? keep, keep it simple. simple. Keep <laughs> it simple. I feel you. I feel you. All right, man. You know what? This is this is my third straight pick. Where I've gone three for five, and I keep um, I'm just a three for five guy, man. Until further notice, I came close though, man. I went with Malik Monk uh, with more than fourteen and a half in this game against the Pelicans. I thought that was my lock of the night, and he hit that. No, my lock of the night was Obi Obi Toppin with more than eleven and a half points in this game in the Pacers game against the Celtics. He finished with twelve. I had Sabonis with more than seventeen and a half. Against the Pelicans, he finished with 22. But then here's here's one uh, one a little awry that didn't go well. CJ McCollum, I had him with more than three and a half rebounds. Um, just couldn't get after it on the boards. He finished with two in their win against Sacramento. And then I thought this was just, this was going to be a big Zion game, man. That's why I called him a slob earlier. He messed up my money. <laughs> uh, I went with Zion with more than 35 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Um, just just wasn't there. And, and as you said, Andrew, part of that was the attention that the Kings were showing him. But also, I, I, I don't I don't like his inconsistent 
tenacity. Like, this is a big game, man. Step up. You got to step up. Ingram is stepping up. And Zion, sometimes he just looks like he's going through the motions there, man. So um, I, I missed that one. Three for five again. And we'll get to our picks of the night in the final segment of the show, man. Once again, go to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MBAR for an instant deposit match of up to $100. All right, uh, Al. Bucks Pacers, man. What do you like in this matchup tomorrow, man? I got to go with the Bucks. Uh, I, I got to go with the Bucks in this one. I don't think the Pacers have the star power to match. I mean, Hal Burton, as great as he was, you know, you can take down the Boston Celtics because the Celtics, as we've seen over the years, they can falter at any mo- at any moment. But with this Bucks team, with the way they just were able to outscore the Knicks, right, and put on that shooting display, we're going to see two awesome offenses can yeah. compete tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that, but Hal Burton by himself against Dame and Giannis. No, nah, that's, that's not possible. Um, Hal's coming along. He's coming along. He's, co- he's coming along. Man. He's coming along, man. He's coming along, <laughs> Look, man. I'm like a scientist. You know, you have your hypothesis, you go through your experiments, you see what plays out and then, you know, you, you change, you know, oh, that, that's how you, that's how it works around here. So I'm coming along Milwaukee bucks tomorrow. Dame and Giannis are just too much. And look, I think the thing that we're going to see, Help the Bucks that helped them against the Knicks is that they got the height. Bobby Porter's off the bench was very good. Yeah. Okay. I, I think when you have Malik Beasley out there, like even though he's not the greatest defender, when you start shooting like that, that's tough to keep up with as well. So I, I'm I'm liking what the Bucks have as a unit and their offense is starting to click them over the Pacers uh tomorrow night. Yeah. Shouts to Beasley, man. He was out there dancing. He was out there. Okay. Okay. That, yeah. that, dance, that dance is a little, it's a little strange. I'm just throwing it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. We, are New, we, man, we, we are New Yorkers, so we, we can we could call it. Listen, call man. Today, right? he, he spent he spent half his career playing with a bum Minnesota team, got another couple playing with a bum jazz team. He's happy to to, to be playing meaningful ball right now. He's playing with Damon Giannis. Yeah, he, he should be the ball out in Denver. What are we? What are we doing over here? <laughs> but now he's that. I think he he's shooting it a lot better. Like spot up everything. He's knocking down shots. That guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would agree with Al though. Yeah, I got, I got, I got bucks. I got. Bucks. I mean, the yeah. only way that the Pacers could win this game if they make it like an absolute track meet and just shoot ridiculous from three. I would say, but too much firepower. I think. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a little bit too much. You know, I, I don't want to count out Halliburton and those guys. I really feel like they really want this thing for their organization and and just as a positive building block for their growth and development. But I just think it, it's just too much firepower for the Bucs. I mean, if they're going to come with their A game with what they and how they beat the Knicks, I don't see how the Pacers giving them extra possessions is going to help. Um, I, I just think Dom, Dame and, and Giannis are, are going to be too dominant. And you're dealing with a different kind of size now. It, it, the Celtics were missing Porzingis. You had Horford there, but now you have Brooke, you have Portis, you have Giannis. I think the, the Bucs should be able to control the, the glass, which will also help to slow down this Pacers attack. Mm. And then if this thing stays close, and you're getting into crunch time, I got to go with the guys that have done it before. I got to go with Giannis. I got to go with Dame. Statistically, it's they've shown that they are one of the best in the league. And as individual superstars, they're the best in the league. They're one, two of the best in the league. So if this thing goes down to the wire, I got to give them the edge. And overall, I just think um, they will have the firepower to match and ultimately uh, knock off the Pacers, man. So I'm going with the Bucks as well. Look, yeah. with Dame right now is number one in clutch 
points right now. So that's five for anyone that doesn't know. That's five minutes or less in a game in the fourth quarter, and he is averaging last time I checked six points, which is the most. He is number one when it comes to that time. So and that's why he's called Dame Time, man. He points to that watch for a reason. So yeah, a unless watch, watch us all say Bucks. And watch Halbert and be like, all right, triple that, double, 50 points, and we're and I'm pulling this thing out. <laughs> that'd be that'd be awesome. Though. That'd be really fun. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'd be, be fun. Hey, yeah. I want to see this track meet. Yeah, yeah. That it'd be fun. Drew, it'd be fun. Salute to everybody in the chat. Shout out to Grace J. Uh, I guess a Pacers fan. They say a bit behind, but just noting that the Pacers have the best half court offense in the league right now. So I'm not worried about their offense in a slower game more. So the defense. Mm. All right, fair enough. Well, we'll have to wait and see. You know, Cleveland had the best half court offense last year um, in the NBA. Yeah, that worked out. One, one of Ooh, the best. Talk spicy, Al. Talk spicy. Yeah, talk spicy. How'd that hey, work Cleveland, Cleveland's looking a little sad right now, all right? <laughs> Mike, they need to do some soul searching, man. Uh, Lakers and Pelicans. Is there anything that Ingram and Zion can do to stop this LeBron and Vegas train? Put a put a suitcase outside uh, AT's uh, bedroom and have him trip. <laughs> that's oh, the only, if AD goes down, man, that's the only way I, I think that it's it's tough for the Lakers. But I'm going with the Lakers in this matchup. I mean, it's AD, it's LeBron. LeBron, you know, we talk about having the guy, the talent. If we're, if if it's Giannis and Dame for the Bucks, they got that guy on LeBron James. I mean, we just saw him go against Kevin Durant. As much as I like Brandon Ingram and the depth that the Pelicans have LeBron James just knows how to take you apart understands the moment. He understands the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think he knows how to galvanize his teammates in order to play at that next level, which is why he's been an awesome leader for whatever team he's been on. But I'm just, I just, I just can't see how it's the Pelicans upset in the Lakers. Yeah. And where's the rim protection for the uh, Pels? Like that's going to be tough for AD, right? It's going to, and LeBron's just going to pick them apart. So, yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, look, LeBron is on a mission. He's on two missions. Yeah. One's to play with his sons. And two is to win this midseason tournament in Vegas and then yeah. eventually be the governor of whatever the Vegas team is called. Maybe <laughs> the, the let's call it the Vegas LeBrons. No, I was about to say the Vegas LeBrons right now. <laughs> the Vegas LeBrons. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the Lakers, Lakers are too strong, man. Between Braun. Uh, 80 Austin Reeves coming off the bench. He he's back in regular season form now. I, yeah. I like him off the bench. You know what I really liked it in that game last night. You know, just going back to that Lakers and Suns game, just to show, you know, the the LeBron effect. Not not just on a guy like a Cam Reddish, but even like an Austin Reeves, where you saw when he hit that big shot, that step back three, like with like 15 seconds left, when they had like a one point lead and it stretched it out to like four. The possession before that. LeBron gave it to him and he missed. Next possession, he goes right back to him and he knocks down the three. You know what I mean? And like, I, I just feel like that's just a, a big, you know, confidence builder, a big chemistry booster for that team. And just showing like the trust that LeBron has in, in his teammates to make that extra play. Like it doesn't always have to be him scoring, but him setting up, up other guys and giving them the confidence to take the game into their hands. That was a big shot by Austin Reeves. Big shot. That was, to me, almost won the game until the Phantom timeout um, ultimately sealed it. But either way, I just think the Lakers are, are too tough. I think defensively, they've also been, been playing very strong. Can't sleep on that. I'm going to give them the depth edge for right now. 
And I just think I, I don't see anybody in the Pelicans slowing down LeBron or or AD for that matter in this game. I, I think the Lakers roll. And, 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 the th- and the thing is, guys, is that with the Pelicans, they have a lot of wing depth, right? Well, the Lakers also have a lot of wing depth. So that's not – it's usually for the Pelicans, that's like the neutralizing factor. And yeah. it does, it's it's the same at this point. At the end of the day, Lakers have LeBron James. Like, yep. what he's doing right now, it's, it's just historic, man. Historic. Absolutely historic. So you just got to stick with the Lakers in, in this matchup. I just – like I said, I don't see how it could be anything else. Um. But then you talk about see like the play, like you're looking for Reeves again, but that's like that leadership, man. That's what he knows. Like it goes back to what he was even doing out in Cleveland, right? With Kyrie. It's like, he comes back from Miami and he knows, no, 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 I'll, I could score 40. I could score yeah. 30 and 40. You're going to take the last shot because it makes sense for you to take the last shot. And I trust you. It's that type of stuff, man, that you just see the Lakers starting to gel at the right time. Yeah. The LeBron James effect. I mean, we've seen it with so many players over the years. You guys are very familiar with JR. We play with the Knicks. Like he made JR a better player. He always finds ways to make his teammates better, especially those guys who could defend and knock down shots, which is the perfect fit for him. Also, he wants to get guys confident because he's going to want to coast at some point this season, right? He can't carry them the whole season. So he needs guys playing well. You gotta put gotta put the leadership in their hands. No no question about it, man. So we'll we'll see what happens there, and and we'll we'll chop it up on Friday's edition of the NBA Report, and and uh, re and preview the finals. So looking forward to that, man. Once again, this show is brought to you guys by Prize Picks. Daily fantasy made easy. Go to PrizePicks.com. Use promo code NBAR for an instant deposit match of up to. $100 and uh, to learn how to play prize picks it's very easy all you're going to do is select two to six players you can choose from a number of sports obviously we play NBA primarily but you can choose NFL you have college basketball college football you have MMA you have a ton of sports that you can choose from and you're just going to predict whether or not that player is going to do more or less than a given stat projection that prize picks has outlined on that particular game, more or less. It's that simple. And you have a chance to win um, a huge multiple of money, man, sometimes up to 10 times your money. So uh, play to win, but play responsibly. And here is where I'm going tonight with my picks, fellas. Here's where I'm going tonight. Full slate of NBA basketball back at it tonight. You have, let's see where I'm starting off at. Or I have, rather. Memphis visiting Detroit. I'm going with Cade Cunningham with more than... Let me just pull it up. I just lost it. My fault. Hang tight. I'm going with Cade Cunningham with more than 34.5 points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, Memphis has been uh, fairly susceptible to point guard play this year. Memphis is just a mess. And I'm I'm going with that time off. Cade, over his last two games, has hit that higher number. He's cleared 40 in these games, just kind of being relied upon to be Detroit's uh, playmaker and point getter as well. So I'm going with Cade with more than 35 and a half. Uh, I'm going with Joel Embiid with more than 32 and a half points. Uh, Philly visiting the Washington Wizards. Now, again, this one could have a blowout factor involved in it, so it is kind of risky, but I'm going with the process, having a number of days off, fresh rest, fresh legs, and I think he's going to dominate the Wizards tonight. I'm going with the process. They can't guard anybody. Uh, 32 and a half points. My lock of the night because they're playing those Wizards, I'm going with Tyrese Maxey with more than six and a half assists. Like I said, this Wizards team is just dreadful uh, from a defensive standpoint. 
Uh, Maxi, I like Maxi at the six and a half mark. He's hit that number three out of his last five games. I'm going to give Maxi the uh, the edge here and go with more than six and a half assists. Another lock I like tonight. Macau Bridges with more than 24 and a half points. Uh, the Nets playing the Atlanta Hawks tonight. And the Atlanta Hawks, one of the worst teams at the guard at guarding the wing wing position between twos and threes. Uh, so I'm going with Macau Bridges here with more than 24 and a half points. He's been starting to heat up before the break. I'm going with Macau Bridges there. Um, and last one, I'm going Powell Boncaro with more than 30 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Orlando taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Boncaro's had uh, some some success against the Twin Towers of Allen and Mobley. And with the Magic on playing on their hot start, I'm going back to Boncaro. He's been able to hit this number in, I believe, three or four out of his last five. Uh, so I'm going back to Boncaro. The only real off night he had was was that one off night against the Wizards. But overall, he's been uh, he's been doing fairly well. So I'm going Boncaro more than 30 and a half points, rebounds, assists. Al, where are you going tonight? All right. So first, I'm going off with Scotty, Scotty Barnes. They're playing Miami tonight. Scotty's been shooting very well as of late. Uh, I'm taking him for more than 19 and a half points tonight against Miami. I just like him in this matchup uh, on the wing. I then went to Terry Rozier, taking more than 21 and a half points. The Hornets are playing Chicago, a lowly team. I know, uh, I believe Lamelo is back tonight, but even still, putting Terry in a secondary role, even if he comes off the bench, I think it would replace PJ Washington as that score. And I still think in this, in a mat and for him coming off the bench, he'd get more than 21 and a half points. I then took Nikola Jokic less than 52 and a half points, rebounds and assists. He hasn't been able to do more. He hasn't been able to average more than 48. So I believe that will be uh he can hit on that tonight. I then took Norman Powell to hit less than one and a half, three pointers. Uh, last time he played, he either hit max two, but one was a more recent time. I think with having Russell Westbrook on the bench now and that they're changing things up for the Clippers, he's changing his role. So I don't expect him to take that many shots, especially from three. My last one is Tyrese Maxey going against the Washington turnstiles. More mm -hmm. than 25 and a half points. I think, I know that there's the blowout factor involved, but I believe that uh, he's going to get more than 25 and a half points just because the, even with the Wizards, they somehow know how to keep it a game for most of the for most of the times. So I don't think it's going to be a blowout. So I'm pretty confident that he'll get more than 25 and a half points. And that's what I got. Andrew, what, what, what do you think about for tonight? Great picks out shouts to prize picks. So I have all over because we know the NBA scoring is out of control. I always get text messages from people like the scoring's out of control, you know, so might as well go more on everybody. All right. Cade Cunningham, more than 23 points. Detroit is terrible. Memphis is terrible. But I think it'll go down to the wire, and Cade will get those buckets. Paolo Bencaro, I'm going to go over 19 versus Cleveland. Brandon Miller, I think his rookie season has been a little bit slept on. Liked him before he even played in college. He's a three-level scorer, uh, two-way player. He, I'm going to go over on Brandon Miller with 14.5. He's also going to be a complete player, like the next player I'm going to name, Paul George. Uh, Paul George has been the Clippers' best player, and I think he could go over 23 points a game. And you mentioned the Washington turnstiles, but that game is going to have Kyle Kuzma go 20 over 24.5 because who else is scoring for them, right? 
Maybe Jordan Poole a little bit. Who else is scoring? He says, you, you, think, <laughs> you think Kyle Kuzma is going to go? Uh, you don't you, was you don't th- you think he's going to be able to put that that many more points than uh, than, than what's needed? Huh? Uh, like, well, they're going to get to like 90 at least. Right. So who's going to get him? Who's, who's I guess, <laughs> but it's like, I, I think I got Tobias Harris who could, who could pro- possibly stop Kyle Kuzma for a little bit. I mean, he's been playing better. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Tobias you know? has been, yeah, Tobias has been good, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought I'd give some Kyle some love. He probably, he belongs on like a better team, right? Like not on a terrible team. He, be, he should be like a, a third option on a contender. That would be nice. I would like to see him on the third option. Yeah, he's actually actually done it before. What am I talking about with the Lakers? He was, but I feel like he needs to go back to being the third option on a contender. Yeah, yeah. How yeah, Kuzma yeah. as your number one option is uh it's tough. It's 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 rough to watch. Yeah. Especially when you have Jordan Poole as your running mate. That's like, oh great. Now I got a guy who also wants to chuck with me. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not winning basketball, that's for sure. Not at all. Not at all, man. Uh, a great show, fellas. A- absolutely great show. Uh, salute to Paris in the chat. Fight out super chats. A shout out to Obi. Finally getting to his missed final uh, final four opt in college. Also proud of Grimes for blasting the coach for his drive and sometimes kick. Oh, so salute to Paris. Yeah, Obi gets a chance to uh to get something. Get a medal, ring, whatever they give out in the in season tournament. So medals. Um, they give out medals, CP. Yeah, there you go. Good luck to him. Good luck to them. And uh, we'll be back Friday, man. 3 p.m. You guys already know we'll be recapping the semifinals. Uh, great show, Al. Great show, Andrew. Salute to our, our producer. Salute to Gamma. Salute to Tyler. Great job, everybody. Great job. All the mods. See you guys on Friday, man. Another edition of the NBA Report. We out of here. Peace. <laughs>